Hey there, happy Friday, it's 11 a.m. and it's time for another episode of CHGO Bears presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's going on? I'm your host today, Will DeWitt. To wrap up this week, join with me is Nicholas Moriano. Nick, how you doing? Uh, I know you have softball coming up next week. I know you've been practicing, uh, even tweeting about it, but I'm excited to kind of wrap up this week with a you know, a recap episode of pretty much this entire offseason because, man, it's been busy. It has been busy, but uh, like you mentioned, softball Monday night, looking to go 2-0. and And on these Friday shows, Will, it's, it's nice. Like I got an oil change this morning, but I have myself, I'm disappointed in myself, Will, because I don't know if you've seen on social media, even our guy Cody from the CHGO Cubs podcast said he got his check for, like, the Facebook lawsuit, the settlement that's been going out. There's been, like, $350 checks or whatever it is. And I looked back to see if I got that email. And I just looked up Facebook, and there it was. And I'm like, oh, man, 2020's hindsight, right? You know, 2020. And look back, I know I didn't fill that thing out because, one, I probably thought it was spam or some kind of scam. And then there was a follow-up email, like, maybe five days later. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it, it could have been a new pair of shoes, a, a carpet, whatever it may have been. I'm like, well... Next time, I'll, I'll maybe look into those emails that are a little fishy looking, but glad everyone that did it is getting their money. Yeah, I think it's an Illinois thing, so don't worry. We're in the same boat, man. Ah, oh, that's right. It is just an Illinois thing. So Yeah. So you and me here, I have the hat on. I'm wearing a shirt. It's a Chicago Audible Day. I just feel like we're close, like we're missing something. Like you're not wearing the attire. And mm-hmm. man, like sometimes I just miss Mason in shows like this. Yeah, yeah. It brings back the good old days, and we'll definitely get – um mason on the show actually i'm gonna reach out to him i'll reach out to him soon because you're gonna be gone and adam's gonna be gone and then you know i'm gonna have to be figuring out who's who's gonna be on the chgo bears podcast so it'll be an interesting lineup of guests i'm already reaching out to some people but should be a lot of fun yeah i mean i feel like if i summon him really hard he can just like magically pop up that would be cool like there's mason oh Wait, what? what? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. what? Oh, that is crazy. I had, man, you, okay, Adam surprised me with uh, something on Monday, and now we have Mason. Let's go. Let's yeah. do it, guys. Hey, how's it going, man? Not too bad. Glad I was able to magically pop in. I don't know what you were thinking, Will, what magic words were there, but, I mean, it worked. <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, so surprised Summon right <laughs> Mr. West here, and, uh, you know, I can't wait. So we've done... This episode for a few different years now, uh, recapping the top ten and Mason. I know you were part of it last year, and it was a lot of fun. And you know, Adam had a, uh, some different plans. I hopped into the hosting chair, and I figured, why not get the old band back together and surprise Nick along the way? And I love that reaction. <laughs> Look, I honestly, I just had no idea that it was going to be you know, uh, you and I will. And then you, you're like magic words. Where's Will going with this? Boom! There goes Mason. <laughs> Aha. All right. So uh, we have a lot to get to and not a lot of time here today. So I would love to catch up with Mason a, a little bit more intimately. But as he's tapping his watch, like, yeah, we have 30 <laughs> technically moves to discuss because we each have our individual top 10 rankings here today. And I just want to remind folks that are listening, like we're purely ranking of the moves that the Bears did end up making uh, since the season ended in January. We're not getting into the woulda, coulda, shouldas. We're ranking of the moves that actually occurred. And we're going to do a countdown, top 10 style. So I'll go ahead and begin with my number 10 move here today, just kind of kick off the show. And that's going to be the hiring of Luke Getze, the new architect of that Bears offense. Uh, again, he led the league in passing the last two years in Green Bay as their passing game coordinator. He knows what he's doing. And 
I remember the article that we were talking about a couple months ago about Devontae Adams saying like how instrumental Getsy was uh, to his development. So he's here to develop Justin as well as some of these Bears wide receivers. Uh, and he's mentioned to the media a few different times, which gets me excited. Like he's here to build an offense around the skills set that he has to work with. He's not going to just run his offense. He's going to be flexible. He's going to be adaptable and put this Bears offense and Justin Fields in a position to succeed, which was not the case a year ago. So this is a top move this offseason. I think there are a few, well, nine others that rank ahead of it. Uh, but so for me, number 10, uh, it's going to be the hiring of Luke Getze. Nick, what is your 10th best move of the 2022 offseason for the Chicago Bears? This is going to be a shock for everybody, I bet. But I have the Bears firing Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace as the 10th best move. And I say this because I made this list with focusing on the current state of the Bears after these firings. So that's where my premise is as I'm kind of making this list. What do they do after this? Because it no doubt is an important move for what the organization had to do moving forward. But, and obviously my list can't happen without these two guys being gone. But it was inevitable, right? At the end of the season, 2021, we knew kind of like their, their, I guess, longevity with the Bears was going to be over. So I have that as 10th. And then everything happening afterwards, I ranked on a higher priority because it ranks, it, it affects the Bears right now after these guys are gone. I saw Kyle in the chat. Only 10, probably closer to number five. Yeah, honestly, you may be right. I told Nick, usually when I make these lists, I'll make it, I'll change it, I'll change it, I'll change it. I made it once and I stuck with it. And I'm going to stick with it. But you're right. Like I did think about moving Luke Getzey up quite a few times throughout this morning. But our producer, Joey, I didn't want to do that to him uh, at the last second. <laughs> Mason, I'm really excited to get to yours here. What's your number 10 best move of the offseason so far? Hey, look at that. I even have a little head. Not a cartoon, <laughs> but I got one. All right. So for me, number 10, the drafting of Jaquan Brisker. Uh, you know, I, I think I was like a lot of Bears Nation when that pick first came out. You know, my jaw dropped a little bit and I was like, really? We're going to go with two defensive backs in, in this draft? But once, you know, I woke up the next morning, marinated on it and thought, man, the secondary was bad. Like there were games you just straight up lost because of that secondary. And there are other ways you can help Justin Fields besides simply adding weapons, right? So if he's not having to get in shootouts, if you have, can create turnovers in short fields, and if you can have, let's be honest, a dog in that secondary that can come up, make tackles, make some of those plays, that's going to help the defense a ton. And we saw Eddie Jackson actually operate the best when he had someone like that in Adrian Amos. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pine over Adrian Amos, but that strong safety position has been one that's just been plug and play for a little while, right? I mean, there hasn't been a stalwart there in, in a good bit since we had Adrian Amos. So there is a good chance that Jaquan Brister can really make some changes, not just with what he can do, but affecting other people around him as well. I like that one a lot, Mason. And before I get to my number nine, I just want to know, like, how did it feel to like talk some bears for a second there? It's been a while. Honestly, I think my patients are getting sick of it because I don't have that outlet anymore to just talk bears. Like I got some fantasy football leagues going on that's kind of hitting it. But oh, man, it was it felt good. It felt real good. Yeah, I, I just saw it in your eyes. Like, you're like, yes, finally <laughs> been waiting. I know we've been texting for a few weeks trying to find you know a way to make it work. And I'm glad today worked out uh, the way that it has. But getting into my number nine, it may sound familiar, uh, but I have the Bears drafting. Jaquan Brisker uh, with my ninth best move of the offseason here. And Mason, you hit on a lot of the good points uh, that I had here to kind of bring up uh, the fact that uh, he is an Adrian Amos type of player. 
we, I talked about it on this podcast previously, how big of a mistake it's really been. Uh, the Bears have been kind of, I guess, being cheap at the position, going with those one-year almost veteran minimum deals was uh with it like a Tashawn Gibson a haha Clinton Dix and it it just wasn't helping Eddie Jackson to the same degree that Amos was so polls getting a big physical safety with those plus ball skills in the second round who is a day one starter you know the second one he was able to draft in that round like kudos to the rookie GM for sticking to his gun sticking to his board and finding someone that can immediately contribute and I think benefit this Bears team this Bears defense in multiple ways so I, like you, Mason, I thought it was a very important move that was made, and we have nearly identical rankings there uh, as well. But, Nick, over to you, number nine. Time to throw it off a little bit, you guys. I have number nine as the Bears signing Byron Pringle here. Uh, the Bears obviously need some wide receivers, some weapons for Justin Fields, and Ryan Poles has that connection with him at Kansas City, but it's someone that the Bears believe fits the offense that's going to be run under Luke Getze does have that versatility running on the outside and also being lined up in the slot. And to complement Darnell Mooney with his, you know, speed, Byron Pringle's pretty fast himself running that 4-4. So I think this is a move that the Bears, they need to sign somebody, right? Need to get some other weapons for Justin Fields to complement him in year two in this new offense. So are the Bears going with the signing of Byron Pringle's the ninth most important move? All right. I like it. Free agency signing already on the list. Good stuff. Mason, how about you? Number nine? Nick, I think you and I are galaxy branding right now because I have the same thing. The signing of Byron Pringle as my number nine move. Part of it is simply because there weren't a lot of offensive moves. Uh, (laughs) There really weren't. You know, I'm not going to poo-poo Ryan Poles or anything like that for doing that. I mean, you saw there were holes all over this team. And at the end of the day, you got to be smart with your money and allocation and your assets just weren't great. We've heard this story before all offseason so far. So this one is going to be an important one. At the end of the day, right, is Brian Pringle a guy that maybe was limited with the fact that he was behind, you know, a Tyreek Hill and a Travis Kelsey as the top two options. And he just needs a place to grow and needs a place to be able to operate. He's someone that could and should operate pretty well with the Justin Fields. Now, Justin's not exactly a quick game guy, and a lot of Pringle's routes were a little on the short end. But to have someone that could potentially be an outlet there works. And he did have a good amount of routes, too, that went downfield. He had some of those across the, across, across the middle deep. He had some of those, you know, kind of skinny, po- skinny posts going on. So he still will fit with Justin Fields. Now, is it necessarily the biggest move we wanted to have there? No, but at the same time, this is a long process. And so he's just a piece of that. He is. I like that you guys had him there at number nine. And Nick, you already saw the comment from Shiv about, you know, you don't need and to do math today. <laughs> That's a good day for you. We found out yesterday, or I think I was reminded yesterday of like just how difficult math gets for Mr. Moriano. Well, it, it doesn't help when I'm not paying attention to. Like Adam <laughs> said, hey, pay attention to what you're doing. And of course, like when he says that, I don't pay attention. And then I, I had to do the math to make sure I was right. So it was five. I think I tweeted that out. So, yeah. And I just got to count down. I can get down to one. <laughs> I think you got this. <laughs> Kindergarten skills are here today on the CHGO Bears podcast. I'm moving to number eight. Yet again, sounds a little familiar, and that is the signing of Byron Pringle. Yeah, you guys, mm. I like that we're all kind of identical here in terms of like where these are happening uh, for the most part. Uh, as you guys mentioned, uh, he's someone that can be a deep threat, a ball player uh, with the football in his hands, and I think he's underrated. And I know a lot of fans will say, well, like he's not going to have a Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill to open things up for him. Like, 
I get it, but also, like, when he had his opportunities last year, he made the most of them. And I think defenses will still have to respect Darnell Mooney. They're going to have to respect some other players on the field as well. So he's going to be able to – and the scheme should help him get open, uh, whether it's some of those shallow routes. He's good in the screen game. I think that's another element that's been missing for the Bears for quite some time. And I just love his style of play. He plays with a big chip on his shoulder. He fights with the football in his hands. He can – run guys over a little bit for his size. I think that's pretty uh, remarkable. And he's kind of crafty, too, uh, with how he's able to kind of make some moves and make defenders miss. He went from seasons of only 12 and 13 catches uh, to jumped up to 42 last season. And five of his seven career touchdowns came last year, too. He's coming into his own. Ryan Poles knows him better than anyone coming in here. And Luke Getze, as I mentioned, was a big reason why Devontae Adams became Devontae Adams. Now, I'm not saying Byron Pringle will be a Devontae Adams, but he could continue his, I guess, development, his progression, and become is still a better receiver in this league. So I think there's still some upside to tap into with Pringle, and that's why it's my eighth best move of the offseason. All righty. Well, I'll kick this off with my eighth best, and I have the Bears signing Justin Jones. We know how important this three-tech position is in Matt Eberflus's defense, now Allen Williams' defense, and... Although he isn't Larry Ogunjobi, he is the guy that is going to play this all-important role. And at just 25 years old, the Bears did sign him to a two-year, $12 million contract. So they do have faith in a guy like Justin Jones if he can stay healthy. I don't know if he's, the, again, the, the obviously he's not the absolute guy they wanted there. But now he needs to be because of what the circumstance that the Bears are in. But Look, when the three-tech has been nailed into our heads as much as it has been this offseason from all the defensive coordinators, the defensive staff on from the Bears, I had to prioritize the signing of the one guy that is going to play this position in Justin Jones. So he is number eight for me. Okay, so you have Justin Jones, and we've all been very clear that it's been a backup plan, you know, option B for the Bears at the position. I, just, I want to throw a hypothetical out. Like, if it was Larry Ogunjobi, Oof. And that worked out. Like, is that top three? Uh, uh, maybe yeah. not on my list, but it's right outside of it. It's definitely top five for sure. I mean, it's got to be up there just because of the fact, I mean, that would have been the first move, big money. I mean, it would have been a stamp more so on Ryan Poles. Like, this is where we're going and this is what I'm mm-hmm. doing more so than even the necessarily the impact of the player himself. But we've also heard so much about how important that position is though i mean this is one of the most if not the most important position on this eberflus-esque tampa lovey etc defense so i would i mean it's gotta be i would agree it's probably a top five yeah it's one of those when i was thinking about those woulda coulda shouldas that we're not really talking about in today's show like damn like that would have been an awesome (laughs) one to throw on this list if it panned out and if it happens later at a lower price just saying like it can still make its mark on this top 10 ranking we can redo the whole show i guess if that ever comes to be but nick when did you change your hat oh wow i'm surprised well it was when mason was i think the number nine move and it's just a full screen and i learned from the last time i Uh outed i think was it adam or somebody i like oh look adam's going off screen i didn't say anything i just went off changed the hat now it's throwback flashback friday for the 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 chicago audible it's like some of those videos that they'll show you and like people change their clothes you know you have no idea like pay attention to like the rabbit and then like everyone changing their outfit right you don't Mm -hmm. even know like the brain is remarkable (laughs) that way and i didn't even notice uh the hat until a couple of seconds ago but anywho number seven getting back to our countdown i have the bears signing lucas patrick as my seventh whoa whoa i don't get to give my number we gotta get mason's in here 
Oh we're not going to give my eight? Jeez, no I one heard that. popping in here. No one heard that. that. I did not give it away yet. Mason. Gosh, <laughs> Nick's hat threw me all off, guys. Number eight. At, at number eight, the first subtraction from my list was not signing James Daniels. Mm. So you can look at this a couple different ways. James Daniels' second-round draft pick, did he live up to that expectation? At times, yes. At times, no. When I look back on James Daniels' career, I think of two main things, or three. One, he had to switch positions a lot and apparently couldn't communicate well enough to do the center position. Two, that block in the Vegas game, so that's a positive there. Uh, And then three, some of the injuries also that slowed down his potential progression there. When you look at, he didn't get a giant contract this this last offseason, so it's not like he was really sought after super, super, super heavy. And, but the thing is, it still create a hole, right? Even sitting here right now, who is the right guard? And we don't know that answer. Is it going to be one of these lower end, you know, round five, six, seven linemen that were picked? Is it going to be Dozier, who was, I believe, last on the Vikings, and he's not all that great? Or is it going to be someone who's not even on the team? So when you create a hole like that and still don't necessarily have an answer, now there's a lot of time, right? You ended up signing Jason Peters off a fishing boat in what, July? So it's not like you still can't make moves here, but it's still is it's still a question mark, and you have to answer that. Yeah, no, really good point. I'm glad we were able to get to your number eight overall <laughs> pick uh, move here, Mason. That would have been a huge miss uh, if you just would have let me steamroll through it. So you know, thank you guys both uh, for making sure uh, that didn't happen. But Nick, how does it feel? Real quick, <laughs> how does it feel that James Daniels being gone made Mason's list? Because I know like those Iowa ties run deep. They do run deep, and the Bears haven't replaced you know the the void of the Iowa Hawkeye being on this roster yet. So it kind of stinks. <laughs> we'll find out if it makes your top ten. I just have very strong reservations, and I don't believe it ever did. Uh, so getting to number seven, no one knew this was coming, but I have the Bears signing Lucas Patrick uh, as my seventh best move of the off season. You know he's a decent player. Uh, I believe that when you look at his time in Green Bay, he was good. Uh, but I wouldn't call him a great player by any stretch of the you know imagination just yet. But he's still a huge upgrade at center for the Bears, which I guess is a testament of the situation that was at hand last year with Sam Mustafer, you know, holding down the position. What I like most though about Lucas Patrick is his leadership. I, I think that is the most important element uh, that he's bringing to this Bears offensive line. He's a great uh, leader up front, and I think that's something that's been missing uh, over the past couple of years. Cody White here I don't think is a natural leader, uh, just based off of you know how he's approached and I guess how I've seen kind of things play out over the past couple of years. And I guess when you look at last season, like who would have been the leader? And if that's Jason Peters, who you just brought in, you know, really off, like as Mason said, off the boat, like, I mean, I know he's a Hall of Fame guy, but he's not here for the long haul. He, does, he doesn't have that much he's buying into. He's just here for you know, a, a paycheck, another year at it, to help the Bears protect the quarterback on the left side. But uh, I think Lucas Patrick embodies what it means to be a Chicago Bear. Uh, he's going to have this whole offensive line looking up to him, and he's going to help set the tone uh, that the Bears need. And Ryan Poles, I think, identified that early, trusted Luke Getz's assessment of it, and that's why he's here, and that's why I have some high expectations for Patrick and his offense both in terms of upgrading this Bears line uh, in terms of an athletic ability, but also the X's and O's and, as I mentioned, the leadership. So that's why he's my number seventh best move of the offseason for the Bears. Nick, how about you? All right, number seven, I have the Bears drafting Kyler Gordon as the seventh best offseason move. It's Ryan Poles' first pick, you guys, and he went with his, his board, his best player available, and just 
drafted a day one starter opposite of Jalen Johnson. So anytime you can do that with your first pick, when it's not a first round pick, you will definitely take that. And he's hopefully a building block in this regime, this coaching staff, this new era of Bears moving forward, and someone that can create those turnovers that the Bears are looking for that they quite couldn't, they didn't create at a high enough level the last two seasons. So drafting Kyler Gordon, and he's already showing some good things in in rookie minicamp and OTAs thus far. So having him there, knowing that he's going to be a piece for you, if, again, everything pans out, that is a nice... It's a nice piece to have, um, especially when you have Jalen Johnson on the opposite side. And real quickly, just want to give a shout-out to Chase over here who loves the show. Chase, appreciate you for uh, watching us on, on CHGO Bears. And if you watch on the Audible, we, we love having you guys. Without a question. Good good spot there in the chat, Nick. Mason, I'm not going to forget about you this time. What's number oh, seven? I get, to, I get to talk this time? You do. Awesome. I, I, you have permission. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, Similar galaxy brain moment here, Will. Uh, I also had signing of Lucas Patrick actually as my number seven move of the offseason for pretty much all the reasons you just said. Center is one of the most important, if not the most important position on the O-line, obviously, communication. And when you are bringing in a new offensive coordinator, why not have someone that dealt with that offensive coordinator on a daily basis, right? You know, and we've seen that. A couple, there's a lot of connections that are being made this offseason with some of the moves. So for example, one I know that didn't make my top 10 was the signing of a, you know, St. Brown. But he's going to know that offense in theory a little bit better than a Pringle's going to, or even if you, you know, obviously a Bayless Jones or any of these guys. So having that familiarity is going to be really helpful at a position where communication and leadership is so key. And you've already seen it paying these mini dividends, right? You hear these stories coming out about how well he's speaking about how he's screaming at the end of a, of a, of, you know, mini camp play, things like that. And that's just the stuff that guys are going to attach to. Now, you know, it's not like he was exactly a top end free agent signing or anything like that, but he could pan out to be a very solid signing. And that's what you need when you're going through this rebuild, retool, however you want to put it. How do you want to put it? How do you look at it? I look at it, I do see it as a rebuild. I think the retool thing is you're slapping a coat of paint on it and you're going from there. You're not doing that with this, right? It's a little bit more if we're going with the the polls analogy of all his house hunter and and remake shows he apparently he's watching there. You're you're cre- you're doing a little bit more stuff, right? You're with the foundational aspect of it. And he said this, we've said this, everyone, oh, a lot of hopefully people are realizing it's a multi-year thing, right? It's not just to flip it around because that's how you get in trouble financially and with your assets and you don't need that. All right, good stuff there. We're almost into the top five. But before we do, I just want to let you know that the best way that you can support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a more than $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and our team will help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can also boost your live Same Game Parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. 
And now sign up is available online in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for at this point? Members will have access to all of our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free t-shirt of your choice when you become a member. Be a good time to go get the uh, CHGO Bears shirt or any of the cool shirts that we have on allchgo.com. And you also get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows on every team every day. And you never know who's going to pop up magically on a show from time to time like Mason is here. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. All right. You're listening to the CHGO Bears podcast. It's Friday. May 20th, we are rolling through this offseason, and it's happened so fast, and that's why we're recapping the top 10 moves uh, that we've seen. I'm going to say so far because Polls always says, like, the work is not over. And I'm at number six, and that, for me, is the entire third day of the NFL draft, and Mm -hmm. that is trading back because Ryan Polls worked some of that magic, kind of like I did earlier to bring Mason on, to turn (laughs) three picks into eight. Woo! (laughs) <laughs> he gave the Bears that youth infusion that it was just so needed. Multiple offensive linemen to develop, right? Braxton Jones, high upside. Zachary Thomas, potential player who can slide into guard and start right away. Doug Kramer, a center to develop under Lucas Patrick. Uh, you got a starting punter in Trenton Gill, a potential diamond in the rough in Dominic Robinson, a running back with huge receiving upside in Tristan Ebner. And Elijah Hicks at safety can be a potential steal after dropping due to a foot injury in the East-West Shrine game practice that made him apparently fall off the radars, uh, even though he is a very talented player. So that entire third day to me is just such a win uh, for the Bears. We talked about it really before Ryan Poles is hired. Like The amount of draft capital for the Bears entering this offseason was not enough for what this Bears mm-hmm. team needed. Uh, and after not having a first-round pick after not trading back in the second round, we were all nervous. Like, okay, what is this strategy actually going to look like? He's not trading down. He's not getting additional picks. And then he found a way to do what he did. Again, three picks into eight on day three, and he got a lot of players that I think I I like, and I, I'm buying into the upside. And with this coaching staff, I would expect a few of these to develop. And if, we've talked about it. If he can hit on 50% of these picks, the Bears are going to be a much better team for it down the road. So, the magic that Poles did on day three, uh, to me, is worthy of being a top offseason move overall. Uh, so that's why it's number six for me. Nick, how about you? What's number six? I like that one, Will. Uh, I have the Bears signing Lucas Patrick as my number six move. Uh, signed a two-year, $8 million contract, so not the biggest money. And he wasn't the, the best player at that position. But this move, why it's so important to me, it, it has to deal with the quarterback, right? Um, providing stability at that center position. But more importantly, like I said, it helps Justin Fields making the calls at the line of scrimmage. But you mentioned earlier too, Will, I don't want to rehash too much of what you guys said about Lucas Patrick, but he helps this offensive line and all the other players around it. You have a better player playing the center position than Sam Mustafer, but what he talked about in his press conference at Ed House Hall a couple days ago is that when the younger players go up to him, he feels like he needs to have the right answers every single time. So it's competition within himself to be a better player, not only on the field, but off the field as well. So I really like what Lucas Patrick brings to this offense and also having that 
that continuity with Luke Getze so he can help those guys also learn that system a little bit easier. So signing Lucas Patrick is my number six most important move. Uh, I did see in the chat from Rob's uh, firearm safety that I forgot Carter, uh, mm-hmm. the lineman out of Southern. Uh, so definitely want to make sure uh, I mention him, which, by the way, I just pull up his bio uh, on Southern's website. And he's from White Castle, Louisiana. Yes, he uh, is. <laughs> which is a, a fun town name, to say the least. But, yeah, Lucas Patrick, I, again, very identical, six and seven, you know, kind of interchangeable there. But, yeah, I, we all agree he's a, definitely a top move here uh, for all the reasons we mentioned. Mason, over to you. Uh, what's the last move before we get into our top five? So here I put the hiring of Luke Getze. Uh, I think that that's going to be very important for multiple reasons. Uh, already touched on a little bit here, but uh, going even back to Luke Patrick when when he talked, saying how you know he took Devonte Adams, who struggled his first couple years in the league, and when he was and he was the wide receiver coach, and helped him to become Devonte Adams. Then he be moved into the QB room and helped Aaron Rodgers. I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers was already a bad man, but you know, helped him even more so apparently, you know, own the Chicago Bears. So when you have <laughs> someone that can make moves like that, who has a bit of the tree he has, that's going to be very important. Um, one thing I did really like was when you actually, if you look, listen to a Hogan Johns, that when they interviewed Matt Bowen, one thing that Matt Bowen talked about was how it's not a bad thing to make it easy for your quarterback. But one of the things that the Packers offense does is most of their offense is easy reads, right? It's easy, mm-hmm. one boom, boom, boom. And then you take your chances. You grow off it. You become multiple off of that. One of the problems is, at least with the last regime, everything was way too complicated. Why? It doesn't have to be rocket science, right? Get the ball into your playmaker's hands, move the chains, score touchdowns. And that's what Luke Getzey is going to do. Simple, simple reads, get, get Justin comfortable. We've already heard reports about, you know, Justin on the move a lot, which we were clamoring for all year last year. And so if Luke Getzey and his scheme can do a lot, it's going to make up for a lot of the issues that in theory we're seeing. Because, no, there's not a lot of star power coming out of this wide receiver group. But do you really need that? Or at least for now, do you need that if the scheme can help? Yep, the scheme, and I I believe, and I said it earlier too, it's two-parted scheme, but the ability to develop and lead and that's something that was missing so much uh, under the previous staff previous regime and I think the lack of stubbornness too it's there's so much to like about bringing Luke Getze a lot of upside I know Nick we talked about it yesterday it's some of those unknowns still but the potential is there and I'm still it's only May 20th I can look at it uh, with a very optimistic lens Uh, let's get into officially our, our top five here and with my, yeah, five, Nick, you know that number pretty well now, right? I do. <laughs> All right. My fifth best move of the offseason is my first detraction, and that's actually trading away Khalil Mack. Uh, this was Ryan Pohl's first, I'm going to call a big boy decision uh, to set up the Bears for the future, to kind of expedite that. We already, well, Mason said it's not a retool, so I'm going to say that expedite that rebuild. Uh, that second round pick that we received turned into Jaquan Brisker who we've already seen uh, on this list a couple of times here. So you got a starter out of the trade. I think that's really big uh, for Poles to make the trade and receive a draft pick and immediately get someone who can be a day one starter. Uh, to me, that's huge. The Bears also got a lot of financial relief, right? $6 million gain this year in cap, $28 million next year, $23 million in the year 2024. So he's allowing the Bears to be set up long-term, giving them the opportunity 
to whenever they see is those next, I guess, weak points uh, when it's this time uh, next year. Like, all right, well, we have all the money in the world. We can address it any way that we want. And I think he's still going to be smart with it. He's not going to spend all the money uh, in the bank. But he has, like, over $50 million in dead cap right now that he pretty much inherited. Uh, and I'm sure he's not going to put himself in that same situation. He feels the restraint uh, that he puts on his ability to make, uh, you know, big decisions, bring in bigger players. So trading away Khalil Mack as much as you lose some of that star power on the field immediately at a very important position and you lose the face of the franchise helping the Bears long term was a a non-sexy approach to this offseason and hey at least it got Nick and I you know some cheap Khalil Mack jerseys for you know Nick's girlfriend and my son that worked out pretty well yeah and I can't get them it's literally right there out of arm's reach but yeah it was like what five bucks or wherever Mm -hmm. it was uh well but actually number five is also uh trading away Cleo Mack for myself so I don't even have to rehash a lot of what you said Will because he did a fantastic job with it the only thing I'll add too is that it gives other guys like a Travis Gibson opportunities to really showcase their abilities yes the move hurt um as Brenda said in the chat here like Seeing a guy like that leave, it's going to hurt a Bears fan base. And I remember when we did that live show, uh, that reaction show, Will, it was it was like weird. Cleo Mack's no longer on the Bears, a guy that meant so much when you initially got him, especially what he did in the first game. But number five, for all the same reasons that you kind of pointed out to Will, is why he's a number, again, number five move on this most important um, offseason moves. And it's really perspective, and I think it's seeing the big picture is why we can put this as high as Mm -hmm. we both did. Uh, Because if you would have told us a couple of months ago before this happened, like, hey, one of your best moves that you're going to do this year is trading away, like, arguably your best player. And we're like, oh, okay, sure, sure. But it it does. It makes a a lot of sense here. Mason, are we galaxy braining over here or not so much? Not so much, because for me, I had my fifth one as actually the hiring of Matt Eberflus. So you could argue this might be a little low on the list because, I mean, it's it's your head coach. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think I'll explain later why some of the other moves are a little bit higher. But this is still important, right? It's still a top five move because Mm -hmm. of the mentality, right? It's, It's a shift from what has been had been happening recently uh you had this in theory offensive mind with matt Nagy. we're gonna you know make mitch the next coming of whoever you want him to be but it just didn't happen didn't work out and you went for a coach who actually if you recall was in my when we did our little uh coaching search he was uh one of my guys um you went with a guy who it's more about the culture right the tone setter and we, we hear that with all his acronyms the m&ms and you know motor and mean and and all that stuff right the principles that he's got going on and that's something that if i if we're looking back we clamored for we saw too many times on the defense right where a receiver was down and not touched what's going on there's too many times where we we're asking for uh an offensive lineman to, to finish a block that wasn't finished a wide receiver to block for justin fields downfield uh, i think everyone knows who i'm talking about there you got to finish the plays, right? And you got to have a certain mentality. And Matt Eberflus is bringing that in. Now, if you could do that and surround yourself with good people, and if you can develop these next couple of years, you don't worry as much about potential turnover. You know, your offensive corner leaving for head co- for other pos- coaching positions, everything like that. Because you can look at teams like the Ravens, who have just always been good, and that's because they have such a solid piece there. And I truly think Matt Eberflus can be that. And getting back to what you know, the principles are really when the Bears are the best recently. I mean, they had the best record against Green Bay during that lovey era. I mean, near the end, that's ultimately got him fired. But 
for a while there, it was it was real nice <laughs> to be able to beat them consistently. And a lot of that is simply mentality and culture. The rest will take care of itself if you can fill it with the right minds around you and the right players. Very well said. Uh, I know this spoiler. It's it's on my list here uh, eventually, but you really you know you put it in a very good perspective there mason and i really appreciate it and he was one of your guys you're not wrong like he was on there and he wasn't one of my guys because i was down here you know i get most of the indianapolis news and it wasn't great and my buddies around here who watch the colts are like eh, i don't know but they don't i guess you don't really know too much about your defensive coordinators right like you just see the results on the field and you know they were good but there are times where they just thought he was a little too passive but he's not going plays uh, so that's something that, you know, we don't have to worry about all too much. We'll see if Allen Williams uh, has his own twist and his own aggressive mindset that uh, I'm hopeful he will still uh, end this defense, uh, even when you have a lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, but let's get into our fourth, uh, and then we'll get into our top three, uh, which I'm really excited to get to. My fourth best move of the offseason for the Bears uh, is drafting Kyler Gordon. Nick, you hit on a lot of good points. I'll keep mine brief, but your first pick. Uh, as general manager of the Chicago Bears, you get a starter uh, at a huge position of need. You know, no more Kindleville open door uh, playing outside corner for you. Someone that the defenses can just pick on, uh, or offenses can pick on time and time again. And when, what you see of Gordon, uh, both at college uh, as well, we're already seeing at practice. And Nick, you can attest to it more than I can is that his athleticism is just off the charts. Uh, he is, he stands out in that regard. Uh, you know, just so much. Uh, he has the ball skills uh, that the Bears have been lacking at the position as well. That's a huge plus and something that really just ties everything that we've heard all offseason together about the importance of takeaways, the importance of you know being in this defense. And hey, there's Nick's caricature there uh, as well. But uh, I just really like Kyler Gordon and what he's going to be able to provide this defense overall. You know, the Bears could have went wide receiver or offensive line there. That was what everyone was pushing for uh, with that pick. But Ryan Pohl stayed true to his word, true to his board, and found himself a quality starter that can be a staple in this Bears defense for years. And I think sticking to his guns a bit uh, was something that I respect. And that's why Gordon, uh, not not why he's fourth, but everything that Gordon brings to the, to the table too is why he's my fourth best move uh, of the offseason for the Bears. And we'll go over to Nick now. What's your fourth best? I have, as a fourth best move, the Bears hiring Luke Getze. Look, this all all co- goes in coincides with Justin Fields and what he can do for him. And this offense, getting the ball out quick, fixing up the footwork, the release even, making it a little bit quicker. Like, that's all for Justin Fields to make this jump in year two that everyone's really expecting of him to take. Matt Eberflus has said it. Justin Fields has said it. Ryan Poles has said it. Like, they expect to see that from Justin Fields. And Luke Getze's offense is going to be a big part, big part of if – and when that happens for for Fields um, as he enters year two in the NFL. So what he can bring in terms of the wide zone and what he can do for these running backs and just getting the playmakers that the Bears do have involved and puts puts them in just position to make plays, that's going to be huge because if Luke Getze isn't the guy that Bears fans are hoping that he is, then this can be a very bad marriage because then you're going to, what, go into year three with a third offensive coordinator? Like, potentially, if it goes sour the worst possible direction, that would just, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's just not a good situation to be in. You need Luke Getze to be a very important part of what the Bears' offense needs and what he can bring to the overall team in terms of scoring and making the Bears competitive. So 
hiring Luke Getze is the fourth most important move for me. Can we just take a second and appreciate the fact that for the first time in a long time, the Bears are going to have an actual offensive coordinator? Yeah, that's yeah, we real. can we can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, because even though the Bears had it in title, whether it be Mark Helfrich or geez, who was it even last year? See, like the fact, like uh, um, Bill Zim or Bill Laser, Bill yeah, Zimmer. Bill Zimmer, yeah, Bill Zimmerman, yeah. 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 Well, shout out on the show for good old Bill, but yeah, see the fact that like, I was drawing a blank because they didn't have much to do other than probably, if I had a guess, just be yes men to Coach Nagy, and that's been about it. Yes man and a potential scapegoat, but having an actual yeah. offensive coordinator to own the offense and allow the head coach to do other things, uh, it's going to just be uh, it's a breath of fresh air uh, to say the least here in chicago uh so up next we do have our top three to break down but before we get to that nick before we get to, to that we're gonna send it to mason for his fourth and then i'll get gosh to mason i brought <laughs> you on and i forget you're even <laughs> here gosh i don't know what it is man i don't know what it is i mean good news is for the most part i was just gonna galaxy brain with you will i don't even know if i want to anymore i feel like i should change this so i'm not giving you credit but for number four, I had the drafting of Kyler Gordon, just like Ooh. you did. Um, it's, you know, first pick of the Ryan Poles regime. Inherently, it's important. It's also a very important position of need. You know, our no offense to Kendall Vildor, but kind of offense to Kendall Vildor. Didn't <laughs> show out like he was supposed to, constantly getting burned. Gave up a lot. It just wasn't very good. And we've already seen some great stuff. You know, obviously had an interception already. Um, it's just just not great athlete, someone who's going to come in and really make some changes, some differences. And at the end of the day, too, you know, someone that you can really build around. And I mean, we saw Hermat Eberflus talk about him. He is beyond excited about this guy. I do think it's kind of interesting that right before he talked about Jalen Johnson and basically was like, yeah, we got to be better. <laughs> and then talked about Kyler Gordon and threw all of the praise possible. I mean, it could have just been more like, I mean, some truth, right? Yeah, the defense as a whole needs to be better. And Jalen Johnson's got some stuff to work on. He hasn't been there. That probably that originally right in the beginning that probably left a bad taste in his mouth, but uh, Kyle Gordon is just exciting. I mean, he, you see the energy he has again, the athleticism that he's got the eye for the ball. Uh, you hear obviously who wouldn't, but he keeps talking about peanut Tillman and how he used a big part of his game after that. So Kyle Gordon, super important piece going forward. Yeah. You should have changed it because uh, I just let you down twice. <laughs> strike three, man. I don't know what, what's going to happen if I get a strike three here, but it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> No, it won't, but that's okay. Will, you're just um, really hyped up about points bet and what Always. it does for CHGO. And because if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download that points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Yes, I, I did. I did. Um, yeah, the, basically, I think the, the ump said if I had, well, if the ball wasn't caught, because I did have one pop fly, I went two for three, though. I would have been out because I threw the damn bat backwards. So I'm going to fix that. Monday, it's not going to happen. So real quick, I just want to make sure for people listening, there was a comment from our main brand uh, on here mentioning that you got three strikes from throwing the bat at softball. I'm excited. I get to participate in a softball event uh, when I'm up in Chicago later in June, and I'll bring my 10-plus years of Little League and high school hey. baseball experience to the table, and I'm excited to tap back into that. But – Let's talk about points bet because they're very important and they're an awesome, awesome place to you know do your sports betting. Yeah, exactly. Because if you get you get two risk free bets if you use that code CHGO uh, and you get it up to two thousand dollars. But if you make a fifty dollar or more first time deposit, you'll receive 
a free free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. I'm not going to fumble this exchange. We're jumping into the top <laughs> three here and my third best move. And by the way, my top three, I'm going to call it a it's a trickle-up effect since we're counting down and we're going towards number one. So every move is going to build upon itself here uh, in terms of how we got here. So my third best move is hiring Matt Eberflus, Coach Flus. Uh he is obviously, I already said it, he wasn't my top option uh, when we were looking into candidates, but he's he sold me. I'm 100% bought into what he's selling, and I'm 100% in Coach's Corner. He's going to be that CEO type of head coach. He's going to be able to focus on the whole team. I love he's giving autonomy to Luke Getze and head coach Alan Williams uh, to kind of own their own kind of pieces of the puzzle here, their own sides of the football. And he could have easily, you know, brought in Alan Williams, who he worked with in Indianapolis, and said, all right, you're my defensive coordinator, but I still run the defense. Sound familiar about the offense? Mm -hmm. Kind of, kind of. But he didn't do it. Like, he said, hey, you're here, but you know the scheme. We have identical philosophies, but feel free to put your own stamp on it. I I think that amount of trust – uh, I, I really respect that he can bring someone in and trust them uh, to do that and have the humility to kind of let it go and own his new job of being the head coach of the Chicago Bears. And uh, he's going to be leveraging that defensive expertise to help both sides of the ball. You know he's going to give some advice here and there uh, for both Williams. And he's already mentioned, like, hey, I can help Justin too. We can sit in that room and I can say, here's how defense is attacking you. Here are the weaknesses and here's the, you know, the why, I hate to say it, but the why behind what the defense is doing there uh, as well. Uh, Mason, you hit so well on the culture that he's building. I don't need to rehash it all. And I think I talked about it yesterday too on the podcast, how big of a fan I am and how important I believe that's going to be towards his success. Like he's going to be able to have guys playing at a high level. He's already has a proven track record of getting the most out of, you know, the non-elite players that he's had to work with uh, throughout his entire coaching career. This is going to be a culture of accountability. He's not going to take any BS and spearheading the culture shift. It's going to have a lot of what I'm going to call positive ramifications. And that's why coach Ibraflus, I think was the one that Ryan Poles wanted to bring in. Uh, and I just am a big fan of this move. And the more time that passes, the more I like Coach Flus. And he's going to give this team tough love. Uh, and I think tough love is going to be needed. And he's going to be respected. He's going to command that respect. And that top-to-bottom leadership is going to pay off. I just have a gut feeling that it's gonna. you're going to see a team that's not making those mental mistakes, not shooting themselves in the foot. How many times last year, guys, in our preview shows, like, all right, well, is it really the Bears versus the opponent or is it the Bears versus the Bears? And it's always <laughs> the Bears versus the Bears. And that should be a thing of the past year with Coach Eberflus at the wheel. So he's my third best move that Bears made this offseason, and I can keep gushing about him, but I don't think that's warranted here. So let's go over to Nick. What's your third best move? Well, I'm going to save everybody some time. I also have Matt Eberflus as the third best uh, (laughs) move here. The only thing, and I don't even know if I'm really adding to this, just seeing what the practices have looked like in person, whether it's voluntary minicamp, rookie minicamp, OTAs, there is a sense of pace. He is working these guys. 
like you you mentioned like how disciplined this team is going to be i don't think you're going to see those personal foul penalties i don't think you're going to see guys losing themselves within a game and playing with their emotions to where it's going to be detrimental to the overall team i don't get a sense that's going to happen under matt eberflus and his guidance now that he is the head coach of the chicago bears so i'll keep it brief but i have number three the hiring of matt eberflus I saw Brendan in the chat. I love how similar the lists are. You know, it's interesting because we came up with a list of around 20 moves the Bears have made, and we made them independently and sent it to the producer ahead of time to keep it as organic as possible. And, you know, when Nick and I have been podcasting together for over six years, Mason for over a year, like it, we all think similar, but I think we all bring something a little different to the table. But I appreciate that comment. And, Nick, you said it, like, the practices have been intense, and OTAs are typically a pretty light time, especially, I'd say, with new first-year head coaches that are just kind of installing and implementing what they want to do. They take it easy, but – and I'm not at practice like you. I'm not lucky enough to do that. Now, maybe one day I can get over there and do some uh, some of those you know awesome Bears beat reporting activities. But based off of what I see in the videos that the Bears make and like even the photos, like a lot of guys standing there with their hands on the hips and like they just look a little gassed. And to them to be worked so hard in May and getting that conditioning in now and uh, expect the pace to get picked up another notch in training camp, uh, again, like I, I keep saying, like positive ramifications. Like this is going to make the Chicago Bears a better football team in 2022. Yeah, totally agree there. Mason, what you got for number three? Thanks, Nick. Like you didn't think I, you thought I was going to forget about Mason again, <laughs> didn't you? Damn. Nick's got my back. Yes, he does. <laughs> so for number three, uh, this one's a little higher than you guys had it. I had the trading of Khalil Mack as my third biggest move of this offseason. Now, don't get me wrong. This was the right move. Uh, he really wasn't the same since that Dolphins game where he hurt his ankle and really the whole entire <laughs> Bears just fell apart in, in that <laughs> Miami heat. But it's really two two pronged. One's emotional. Let's be real. I mean, that first game coming out, doing what he did against the Packers, uh, it set a tone that really helped the entire that 2018 season. And we were hoping for that to continue. Now, the other prong of that is it really did show where this team was and ultimately the direction they were going to go. They showed the past is the past. We are moving forward. That's a big move. And also, I think it takes some pretty big pants that Poles put on there to trade someone with the name that Khalil Mack has, but also to eat the salary like you talked about, Will, that he had to eat, right? When you, It would be easy to say, well, man, if we trade him this year, we're going to have this dead cap, so maybe we should wait. And it's like, no, we got to get this done. we got to go now. we got to go and we can get some value because for all we know, it's going to be decreased. And yeah, it's going to be painful seeing him in a powder blue Chargers jersey opposite of Bosa. Yeah, it's going to suck. And I'm sure he's going to look great. It's just, it's, he's Khalil Mack. But- it was an, it was a necessary move again tone setting move that's what a lot of these I've, I've listed are and it just shows we are moving forward onward and upward new era yep new era and you know holding him because a the player he is as well as like you know it's he's a face of the franchise but it could have been easy it would have been so easy no one would have thought twice if Kalimak was on the roster today but it was a very you know, big move of him, and uh, I think it, it just helps bolster uh, that level of uh, respect and admiration for how he's approaching uh, this rebuild. Speaking of which, number two on my list, hiring Ryan Poles. Uh, and again, a trickle up. So if, you, if you're wondering what's Will's number one, you may be able to figure this one out. Uh, but with Ryan Poles, you know, everything that we've mentioned so far in this list 
doesn't happen without Ryan Poles. The whole list would look completely different. He's been patient with this rebuild, but also I would call strategic uh, a good job of, as we mentioned, that large draft class, despite starting with a, only a handful of picks when he was hired. Uh, he has that Bears cap situation looking very healthy after this year, You know, cleaning the mess uh, that he received. It's not an easy task. It doesn't happen overnight, but he's putting the Bears in a spot uh, to have financial freedom to do what's needed after this year. Uh, I believe number three on my list of hiring coach Iberflus was a very good decision. And even though if I remember correctly, that committee who they were talking to had another leader of who they wanted the Bears to hire as head coach. But Ryan, Pissett, Ryan Pohl said no. Coach Flutes is my guy. We're going with him. Trust me with this decision. Uh, and he did so. Uh, and on top of that, too, we've talked about previously in the show, like, how, I guess, burned we've been in the past with the previous regime and how we couldn't trust anything uh, that they told the media, told the fan base. But that's totally different with Ryan Poles. He's stayed to his true to his word uh, at every single turn. And for all those reasons, uh, I think, you know, King Poles, right, Mason? Like, King Poles is here, and he's number two on my list. Uh, and he could be number one, uh, but I, I think there's one more move that's most important that I'll get to in a minute. But, Nick, over to you. What's the second best move of the offseason? Well, we've been doing this for quite a while now, you know, this podcasting <laughs> stuff. And I also have number two as the Bears hiring Ryan Poles. Um, Dang. Me, yeah, I know. Shocking. But, he you know, look, he brings in Ian Cunningham, the assistant GM. As you said, obviously, hires Matt Eberfuss, makes all the trades on day three of the draft, traded Khalil Mack. He decided the best, what was best for this team, not re-signing Bilal Nichols. James Daniels, so those kind of bigger decisions that you have to do as a general manager. But this is huge for the Bears moving forward. If he's the right guy for this team, he could turn it around. If he's not, it's going to be just like the last regime or the previous one. Or you can keep going back and back and back into the past of um, you know Bears management that just hasn't had success. So he is fundamental to what the Bears are hopefully going to do in this new era of football here and maybe make them more competitive. And he said it in his very first introductory press conference, we take back the North. So we're going to hold him to that. And now I don't know if that's necessarily what they're going to do in year one in the Eberflus and, and Poles era, but they're le- they're inching towards doing that. And it starts with Ryan Poles. Yep. A hundred percent agreed. I, 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 yeah, I was going to just keep gushing about him, but I stopped myself because if I did, I would have forgot Mason number two. Uh, number two for me uh, is going to be the firing of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Thought process being the rest of this doesn't happen if you don't do that, or at least not in this way. I mean, you're not getting Lucas Getze. You're not getting, obviously, hiring a Matt Eberflus. You're probably, I would doubt you're drafting Kyler Gordon. You're not trading Quill Mack, any of these things. And it just needed to happen. It was a bandit that needed to get ripped off. When you're Matt Nagy and you have as many what is it two two different six game losing streaks in those two seasons? You can't have that. Uh, when you have Ryan Pace did some good things. Not everything was awful. I mean, people painted Ryan Pace as this villain sometimes, but he did some good stuff. Found some good players. But you know, just the way that the, the roster was managed, uh, putting all the eggs in the Mitch basket because that's what the Kilmac trade was to get him right, saying, "Hey, Mitch is going to be the guy, and we're going to be able to move forward from here." Part of that obviously goes back to Matt Nagy as well. All his whole Mitch is conquered 101 we're moving on to 102 i mean 202 apparently no one understands your 101 so that seems a little <laughs> crazy um it just it, it needed to be done it needed to be moved on and none of the rest of this could happen without it yep 
That's a, a very, very good point there, Mason. And uh, for that exact reason, if we want to just jump to my number one, because we're getting short on time anyway, it's exactly what you just said. It's firing Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, because if they ran it back again, guys, oh my God. Like, I don't even <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where I would begin to describe my level of disdain for this franchise. Like it would have been I think I, what do I put in my notes? I want to find it. It would have been an off season from hell. And I think that's an ex- mm-hmm. an accurate description of what would have happened if they decided, you know what? Matt and Ryan are our football guys in 2022. Not Poles and Eberflus, but Pace and Nagy. I would have been there's no way that we would have been able to, I think, have the success on the show and do five shows a week if that would have been the case. It would have been just, what the hell are they doing every single day? And there's just no way. You know, I think Ryan Pace, you know, he made it, as you said, he mismanaged the roster. And I think you can't fix a problem. I think Albert Einstein said this. You can't solve a problem with the same mindset that created it or the same mind that created it. And I think that's the exact reason why, you know, Pace wasn't the guy uh, to fix all these mistakes. Uh, a little bit too intimate with it. And honestly, I think he wanted to go down to some warmer weather in Georgia, bring all the Bears with him uh, that are, you know, and honestly, that's fine. Uh, the Atlanta Bears. But no, Mason, you said it. If they did not fire Ryan Pace Matt Nagy, nothing else on this list would have ever been, well, here. It would have been a completely different offseason. And like I said, one from hell. Uh, so that's why it's my number bona fide number one. No questions asked. Even though Nick had it ten, I get why you did it that way, Nick, because you wanted to look at some of the actual moves that has been made after the fact. But you know, Mason and I, I think, are along the same lines here. Like, without it, we're not here. So it, it has to rank up there in importance. But let's go over to you, man. What's number one? Yeah, and I completely agree with what you guys are saying there. But I have the Bears constructing the five-person search committee. And hear me out, you guys. Had they not done this. It would have been George McCaskey and Ted Phillips again to try to find the future leaders of the Bears. You feel confident with having those two guys do it all over again? So no. Most of the consensus would be no. Now that's why you bring in a guy like Bill Polian, a Hall of Fame executive. And I know there's, there's mixed feelings about that. But you also add Lamar Soup Campbell, the Vice President of Player Personnel. Tanisha Wade, the Senior Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Getting these very important people people that bring different perspectives to land on the one guy that they 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 consensus was ryan poles once that would happen it was poles's move to make the head coach hiring but they needed that guidance because god forbid it was george mccaskey and ted phillips doing this again who knows who they would have hired that would have then had to one inherit justin fields and all the potential he has but maybe squander it away because they couldn't get the right coaching staff involved so I have this being an important move in then hiring what was two number two, number three in my list in Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, but you need to get somebody else in that damn room other than George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, and that's why all the other minds there, they land on Poles, Poles hires Eberflus, and then the trickle-down effect, but that's what I have as my number one, probably not the, I don't know, maybe not a move that most people are thinking about, but... It makes sense into how the trickle-down effect happened for mm-hmm. all the off-season moves that were made after that. No, you make great points. If there wasn't a committee, if they kept it internal yet again, I, I think history speaks for itself in terms of what the results would have been. Uh, so I think that's a very good, uh, sneaky, underrated one that I think you highlighting as the top thing because just like my number one, like it, may, nothing else would have been here if that may not have happened. I mean, maybe they stumble across and they find – polls but i just don't think it ends up being the case mason uh we'll end with you here today what's your best move of the offseason 
Absolutely. So my number one move of the offseason was the hiring of King Poles. <laughs> uh, so far, you know, you can say he hasn't done enough around Justin. I think that's not true. Uh, I think he's being smart. I think you've seen ta- tactical decisions. Uh, you know, all the money the Bears are going to have next year is ridiculous. It's going to be great. You know, you're going to have and the list of wide receivers available. Some are not going to hit the market. But I mean, just off the top of my head, I know, you know, DK Metcalf falls into that category. There's like a bunch. So you have more to play with next year. You have more draft capital to play with next year. You're not winning the Super Bowl this year. You're not winning the division next year. And as Nick had said, you know, he said that they were going to take the North and never give it back. He didn't say he was going to take it this year. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. what he wants to make sure is that he's in the game so that they never give it back. And that's what the most important thing is. The smart slow play that because George McCaskey has said, you know, he, he wants to win now. He wants to win now. So you need someone in that room who's going to make accurate and good football decisions. An actual football guy will be all been clamoring for us. And we played on the old line has been in the locker rooms, know how these teams work has been in a successful organization with the Kansas city chiefs. And that's huge. And then from a personal note for me to have someone be the GM of a, of a national football team organization who is an African-American. I think for me, that and that's also just personal for me. That's huge. That's something that I've never been able to see. That's something that for my favorite sports team, uh, that's something that's amazing that I think the Bears are continuing to do in terms of their diversity and equity aspect. And that's something that I think is good for players too. I mean, that's one that they could talk to and connect with. Let's be real. Most of the Chicago, not just Chicago, but most of the NFL is black. I think yep. this, let's be real. So to have, that kind of a connection i think is also going to go a long way and it's just man that i couldn't tell you how excited i was when that when that hiring first happened it it was electric for me i appreciate that perspective too like i know you've mentioned it i think when that hiring happened like on the previous podcast like Mm -hmm. we've talked about it but it's something that you know i don't have that kind of perspective with and i I really appreciate you being able to share that because it is important Uh, and i think it's another reason to you know be high on the hire for like internal reasons as you said about the ability to connect Uh, i saw someone in the chat uh me but it wasn't me uh said that we're just listening all the moves that pulse did and they're not all good I said we're listening to top 10 moves they made. Like, we can't. There's nothing else to rank. I don't know what uh, what the problem is there. All right, so that's going to do it, though. I enjoyed our top 10. You know, great minds sink alike for the most part, besides a few uh, variant, uh, variants between all of it. But that's kind of what I expected. I know both of you very well, as well as myself. And uh, we're usually along those same lines. Uh, but that's it for this week. Nick, next week, there's some practices again, right? Yes, Tuesday, OTA practice will be back there. Um, we'll have the defensive staff talk to the media after practice, but the media will be back on Tuesday. Let's go. Yeah, which puts me back on Thursday, Friday next week. So if you're you know tuning in Tuesday and you don't see Will and you're disappointed, you just got to wait two more days, uh, and I will be there. But that was a great week of content. Mason, thank you for hopping on and keeping it a secret and surprising Nick. That made my day. Yeah, to see Dick's reaction was was awesome, uh, and the build up that was pretty pretty great on your end too. Well, <laughs> thank you. I, I try my best, but that's gonna do it. Thank you, Nunu, for the great podcast uh, comment as well to wrap things up. That's gonna do it here for this week on the CHGO Bears podcast. Nick and Adam will be back at you Monday morning at 11 a.m. But until then, bear down, Chicago.